There's a new virus in the database. We have a zero bug attacking all login and all the way files. Run antivirus. Give me a systems display. Hello everyone, today's story cyber crimes and financial fraud. It's a big subject. Spam emails responsible for around 60% of all internet transmitted emails across the world. It is a growing problem for business and home users the same. Back in 1973, the first documented cybercrime incident took place when a computer was used by a teller at a New York bank to steal over $2 million. And the first spam email was sent in 1978, advertising for some new computer module. I've mentioned this incident to say that cybercrime isn't anything new. It's part of the human story of good and bad. But the volume of these cybercrimes is on a new uprising trend. Any criminal activities carried out over the internet is referred as a cybercrime. Even a more direct definition refers to any criminal conduct committed with the aid of a computer or other electronic equipment connected to the internet. Individuals and organizations are both involved in this cybercrime, as we will discover. Digital crime have evolved more than any other type of crimes for obvious reasons. Our major story today won't be about your typical scam story in any Southern Asia call centers or about stolen credit card used unlawfully. It will be about much, much bigger. Something like a fake bank operating on a global scale. Looking into an investigation made by OCCRP to explain the financial fraud taking place and on what scale. Here you will clearly notice how much OSINT is used in investigative journalism. In 2017, the Spanish authorities cracked down on over two dozen shell companies masquerading as a bank in Madrid in a town called Las Rosas that were allegedly laundering money for criminal clients. Since then, figures linked to that operation, which used the name Bandinia, have gone on to open hundreds of new companies in the UK and other jurisdictions. Unfortunately, some of them survive to this day pretending to be thriving fantech with innovative blockchain tech with streaming or streamlined verification processes, describing themselves as reinventing finance, and maybe they are in their own ways. The new or the novel flavor of Bandinia Bank only have the word bank in the name and nothing else. Its head office is in London's Hatton's Garden, and the bank license issued by the island of Mawali is a fake license. What is mind-blowing that the new brand of Bandinia is using exactly the same source of fake licenses that were used back in 2017 when the Spanish authorities busted their old operation. Even they share the same director name from the old operation of the BBP Bandinia UK, which has its registered address just above Tapas Bar at London's West End. The troubling issue is that the serious fraud office showed no interest at Interpol or Europol meetings to even investigate them. The fact that people associated with the money laundering operation busted in Spain has started new companies under the same brand in some many different countries should at least make them little worried, you think. 
back to the Spanish Bandinia operation and as it was accused of money laundering for an estimate of 253 clients using fake lines of credit and bank guarantees using shell companies in Spain and the UK. But you might be asking, how could a fake bank move real money? According to the investigating judge indictment, Shell companies linked to Bandinia would open accounts at major financial institutions. Now, although the money deposited into these accounts was supposed to belong to their respective companies, Bandinia was actually using them to pool its clients' funds instead, then sending the money around the world in a typical money laundering style. Same technique used by cyber criminals moving their newly gained ransom digital currency profit after a successful ransomware attack into hundreds of other wallets, evading law enforcement watchful eyes. So as we went through all that, I hope it gives you some insight of how complex the underground world of criminal market is. And the more digital we go, the easier and faster is to hide and move funds. While cyber crimes come in different flavor and styles, the most common ones, as you know and hear about daily on the news, are ransomware attacks, email frauds, social media frauds, cyber espionage, identity theft, spyware, you name it. But I wanted to use banking fraud today as it is a more serious issue that isn't brought up as one thing. The example we use today exposes the huge gaps in governing of the financial sector worldwide and the reasoning why so many cyber crimes goes unpunished and sometimes unnoticed or even ignored. According to the Australian Bureau of Statistics on personal fraud, including card fraud, identity theft, and scams like phishing, romance, computer support, financial advice, and surely fake banks. Between years 2021-2022, the numbers are 1.7 million experienced card fraud, around 160,000 experienced identity theft, and 510,000 experienced online uh, impersonation. Scam exposure increased by 65% by 2022. These numbers are only the reported one. I am afraid the numbers are way much higher, unfortunately. Now, prevention. The golden rule is that if something is too good to be true, it is not true, especially when it comes to be an online scam. If someone asks you to verify or give your personal details, offer you a loan, or to inform you that you won the lotto for a ticket you never bought, or just the prince in Nigeria that requires your assistance to move millions of funds, or the newest now, the high mom scam. Phishing, vishing, smishing is by email, phone calls, or SMS is what a scammer tries to steal your personal information so they can get access to your online accounts. This is your typical social engineering. A scammer pretends to be your bank or internet provider. They may give you some information that seems genuine, such as personal details. These details might have been already harvested from previous campaigns or from any other data leaks. They might want to, you to click on a link or type your username and password, confirm your banking details, download a software, or make a payment or transfer a fund. They will create urgency or try to establish trust and create an authoritative persona to trick you into making or doing something you shouldn't. Scammers don't need your physical plastic car, credit card to use it. They only need your card details. 
They can do that simply when you are using a public Wi-Fi to do some banking or buy some good new deals online or targeting certain age groups into some loan fraud. Scammers may contact you by email or text saying you're approved for a loan. Maybe that's something you never applied for and make them fill out an online loan inquiry, giving them all these information and it's a done deal. Now, what can we do? Always use strong passwords and never recycle your passwords, meaning don't use the same password for different accounts. Because if one of these accounts were compromised, they might try to use the same credentials for other similar username and email for different accounts. And this is how they get into other platforms. Always, always, always use 2FA. Use it in an app authenticator like a Google one or a Microsoft one. Never rely on the SMS ones. Avoid at any cost using public Wi-Fi. Never do that. Disposal of your bank statement or your old credit card properly. Use a shredding bin. Now they have much cheaper ones in the market you can buy, and it makes sense to have one at every home. Shred all your documents, cut your credit card properly, dispose of your personal information in the right way. Now, if you believe you are a victim of a digital fraud, there's a lot of links, many sources that you can go to, especially depend on your country. So make your research, go online, investigate the fraud counts or websites of the government to report to, uh, prepare them, write them down, have a small plan. If these things happen, you won't panic. Just go through that plan step by step and report and move on. Establish that with your bank, with your phone company, with everything you might have that might affect you when there is a, a fraud happening uh, on your person. Now, the link, I will provide them in the uh, description as well, which is uh, the cyber.gov.au report and recover link and the afca.org.au make a complaint and the scamwatch.gov.au report a scam link as well. I'll provide the links down. Uh, they are the right uh, places to go and, and uh, send the report. If you got scammed, go back to your bank. If you think it's you know your bank account that is affected, always be prepared to do the right thing and don't panic uh, and have a plan to do. Um, that will be it. I just wanted to give this example of a story uh, of even fake banks happening and how to protect your identity and how you protect, protect your information online in the right way. Uh, that will be all. Thank you for listening. And as always, have a wonderful day. Thank you. Rising Cyber by Chad Sally B.